Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Going for Two with Jack Taylor. This is an especially happy episode, obviously coming off of the big rivalry week, coming off of Egg Bowl week, the big win, finally got the golden egg back in Starkville. Uh, I forgot to say, I am Jack Taylor. And and I'm Hunter, I'm Hunter too. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, this, I was, kinda... this was off, off, off tempo, um, wasn't comfortable with that, but you know, we're adaptable players. Um, mm-hmm. just pose those we're, we're not we're not we'll we're not place. system pod we're not system podcasters no, no. is what you're trying to say we're comfortable outside the pocket mm-hmm. yeah. yeah something i've always thought we could pride ourselves on um but yeah uh thanks guys for for coming back and listening to another episode with us um yeah like i said it's a it's a it's a fun week it's been it's been good keeping up with twitter a lot a lot a lot has happened and uh we're super excited to bring it all to you so um I did want to go back to my roots a little bit and um, start this off with a little bit of motivation. So um, I guess by the time you're listening to this, it'll be Friday morning motivation, which I think is what we started with. Uh, yeah, sounds right. Yeah, back back in the day. So um, I, I got a quote, and I, I saw it on Instagram Reels today. I think it's a quote from, um, I saw it from Dabo Sweeney. I don't know where it originated from. Surely Probably he's Jesus. Not ori- surely he's not original. Um, but here's motivational uh, or Friday morning motivation. Do what you can, when you can, so that when you cannot, you will not wish that you would have when you could have. And I'm only saying that one time. Say so, it again. Do what you can, when you can, so that when you cannot, you will not wish that you would have when you could have. And I'm only saying that once. So, um, yeah. <laughs> one, one, one repeat. Everybody knows the rules. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think that means... If you have a chance to get players in the transfer portal, do it now because you might not always have that chance. Um, and <laughs> let me tell you, Tulu Griffin is is trying hard to get players in this transfer portal. We'll talk about that, among other things, here in just a little bit. Um, first of all, though, uh, we just wanted to look back at some of the big things that happened last week um, other than the Egg Bowl. I know that was the big thing that happened. His first college football game of the week it happened on Thanksgiving. Everybody watched that. If you're listening to this, you more than likely watch the Egg Bowl, uh, and we're happy about it too. Uh, sorry, Jess. So, um, just wanted to, to let you know about a few bigger, few few other big games that happened last weekend. So, um, only going to say this name one time because it's a little bit obscene. But me and Hunter's uh, fantasy football team that we co-managed, CD's Nuts, had a bounce back win over Jay Cookie's team in fantasy football last week. Uh, we clinched the playoffs, but we really do have much bigger goals, um, and we we're not going to settle for for um, Second place in the regular season. We're going for. It's all, it's for all sec- about going one and zero next week. That's right. That's right. We're we're not going for for second place in the regular season. We're going for second place in the postseason as well. So it's professional um, mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're and you know now that we've clinched the playoffs, it, it's a good opportunity to rest our players, um, and so they'll be healthy for for postseason play. And um, yeah, super excited about that. And and Dak, CD, and Michael Gallup, and Justin Jefferson. Uh, Cole Komet, the whole gang, they, they're, they're getting ready for, for some of the biggest games of their career coming up. Um, next, we have a much less important game in the, in the national just scene. Uh, and that's South Carolina uh, winning the Palmetto Bowl for the first time in seven or eight years, I think. That sounds right. Um, yeah, so they went 31-30 to 30 behind just an absolutely uninspired performance from DJ Ongalele. Which, did you notice how easy it was for me to say that? Yeah, it's almost like you don't get paid, like, that. Like, easily six figures to say, Wangalele. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember the first, after the um, game against Notre Dame, <clears throat> when he came in, uh, we watched Kirk Herbstreet say his name five times. And then we're like, okay, let's name drop him. And we just did. And we have never mispronounced it. <laughs> um, but man, it's just painful to hear somebody try to pronounce his name. It's worse than Tua. I think it's worse than Tua. Hard, like hard to believe. I think that can you say the pronunciation? Last name? What? Can you say Giannis Antetokounmpo? Antetokounmpo. Okay. It's, <clears throat> it takes it takes minimal effort. Yeah, but they yeah, just, South Carolina wins that one. Um, South Carolina finishes their regular season uh, with two bigger wins than just about anybody in the country has had. Uh, so a win, a huge win over Tennessee, and then this this narrow victory over Clemson. Um, so they finish strong. They go from unranked to I think they're now 18th or 19th in the mm-hmm. final CFP poll. So they snuck ahead of us, and uh, we'll talk about what that means for our bowl here in a little while. Um, but yeah, uh, Clemson, in a way, had a chance to make it to the playoffs if the things had gone right above them, but that chance was taken away from them. So they'll be uh, playing in a New Year's Six bowl, presumably. Um, I guess if they if they win the conference championship, but I guess nothing's certain for Clemson at this point still. Um, Next game, um, and Hunter, I, I, you I, you undoubtedly watched more of this game than I did, yeah, exactly. so you can talk about it. Oh <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Harbaugh uh, has has passed up um, Ryan Day at Ohio State. Um, Ohio State, they're, they're big, flashy, you know, throw the ball all around. You know, that's not really the Big Ten, um, and Michigan pretty much exemplifies the Big Ten. Um, <clears throat> they they. They, they played close in the first half, but then in the second half, they just kept on leaning on him and leaning on him, and then this game just broke out. Mm-hmm. Um, C.J. Stroud, I, I really don't know what to think about him. Um, it, I've, I've like watched a lot of his games. Yeah. Couldn't tell you one performance. I was like, wow, that was an outstanding, gutsy performance from him. Yeah, he's just always the quarterback in the back of my mind that I'm like, yeah, he'll... he'll probably be in the top five for the Heisman, you know, and I've, I've never watched him play. I don't, I don't think I've ever watched. Oh, well, I watched last year and uh, when they played Michigan. So um, yeah, I, I mean, in my mind, his, his career has been defined by two games and it, they both games against Michigan. So um, I, I don't know. He seemed frustrated in his post game press conference too. Like he seems frustrated um, during the games. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, it, if I had to choose between him and Bryce Young as my like franchise quarterback, what, what would you do? I mean, oh Bryce Young would it have to be. Bryce Even though Young, I'm kind of scared that I've never really seen Bryce Young do a normal play, um, <laughs> like he, you know, you know, he makes if, the he makes the easy plays look hard. He makes every play look hard, and that's like, I guess we'll talk about who makes every play look easy a little bit later. But yeah. Um, Michigan without Blake Corum, I think he played one snap in this game. He may may have gotten three rushes. Um, he he was he was out for like most of the game, like mm. all of it. Um, and Ohio State couldn't even stop the backup, and that's just getting beat up front. He was running through wide open holes, and then uh, Harbaugh and the, and his staff really schemed it up well. So quarterback yeah. didn't have to make many hard throws. Guys were mm-hmm. wide open. Yeah. All right. Um. All right, so next game we've got going on here, uh, LSU. I mean, you know, in a way, they had their chance to make it to the playoff if if things had gone right. 
Um, they needed a win here, and they needed a win against Georgia. So, I mean, it was far-fetched, but, I mean, that they had to get the win here first in College Station, and they were not able to do so. A&M had their game of the year. Um, and who was the quarterback that played for them this week? Or this past week? <clears throat> what, Wegman? Yeah, Connor Wegman. Connor Wegman, yeah. Um, man, I, I don't know what to think about A&M. It's like every time I try to predict a game that they play in, I, I get it wrong. Um, Unlike me, I predicted this one. I knew old mm-hmm. Jimbo was going to get the, the boys ready for this one. Um, he had a few twicks up his sleeve. The The only issue with um, A&M winning in this way, which, you know, I'm sure it was good for like keeping the locker room together, for keeping everyone behind Jimbo. And mm-hmm. Jimbo gets a little bit, you know, full of himself. And, yeah. and maybe before this, he was like, okay, I'm going to go get an offensive coordinator. I'm just going to run things as the executive and I'm, I'm going to give up play calling, you know, it's time it's passed me by. Um, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. Uh, I don't know if that's a hot take, but Jimbo does not seem like the type of guy that would be like, Oh, you know, our last game, uh, we, we executed the offense works. <laughs> let's, let's change that. That, that doesn't seem like Jimbo. Um, he's gonna keep on preaching the execution and everything, and kind of worried that that's gonna squander next year as well. Because everyone clowns on Texas A and M this year, like, but their yeah. freshman class is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. And they're and, and they're stupidly young. Uh, they lost Anaya Smith, which was huge this year. Uh, yeah, it's just weird. Yeah, their quarterback situation. You know, there were injuries all around that and um and they're you know, just bad except for Wegman half the time yeah I mean Haynes King had showed some promise running the football but nobody could consistently pass it well um you had a chain as your bright spot on offense and I'm sure he'll be gone next year um right yeah he should be I wouldn't come back if it was a chain yeah I like it, it, even if he's still in college next year I, I don't think he would be at A&M um but yeah I mean that that it's they had the number one recruiting class in America. Um, I'm sure some of those will will transfer if they haven't already. But I mean, they're they I'm sure they've still got a core group of talent. And you know what? It's A and M. I'm never going to be super confident that they're going to be bad or or that they're going to be good. I, I think eight and four is like an easy prediction for them. Uh, this year it was just a big oversight. Um, yeah, I. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to sit here and say that A and M is is going to be the same team that they were this year, next year, because they're still going to have talent, and they could easily go 11-1, and one, like me and you just said before we started the show. Um, I mean, they, they play at Tennessee and against Bama in back-to-back weeks, so like they're going to be challenged, but they have all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, next game we got to look at is um, Oregon, and they lost the Civil War to Oregon State. Um, and... What a weird one. I mean, Oregon was up 31 to 10 in this game. I turned uh, it off. Late in the third quarter, and Oregon State just starts rattling off touchdowns, and they win uh, 38-34. So um, this was another one of those upsets. I mean, Oregon had already lost their chance to go to the playoff, but had a chance to you know win, get their 10th win of the season, and they weren't able to get it done go against the, the rival. Championship. Like, yeah, yeah. 
you had your chance to knock USC off, but um, Oregon State, a solid, solid year for them, um, and they capped it off with the most important game on their schedule. So um, congrats to Oregon State on that one. And um, and Bo Nix, tough, tough end of the season, back-to-back mm. losses. Is this the last but, we see of Bo Nix? Um, I, I don't, prob- I don't, I don't I'd have know. to think so. I'd have to think so. Also, not back-to-back losses, right? They won the week before, but yeah, two cause... two losses in two losses in the last three weeks. So, yeah. Um, yeah next next game uh, and this one, you know, it seemed like a blowout, but it it wasn't wasn't the worst game in the world. You, you did pick this one right from the start. Uh, USC beats Notre Dame to keep their playoff hopes alive. The final score thirty eight twenty seven. Um, and it sets up a, a revenge game against Utah, USC versus Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, we'll pick that one uh, along with all the other championship games later on. But um, USC, uh, they've got a chance to avenge their only loss. and A one-point loss on the road. A one-point loss on the road at one of the toughest environments in the country. And they're number four now. So it's not like no, nothing ahead of them has to happen for them to get in. Like Just a win, win and you're in. Um and uh, speaking of that, so the, the top four, as oh, of wait, now... I want to talk about how good Caleb, Caleb Williams okay. is. Um, Caleb talk Williams is the win. best. I love him. Um, he's going to win the Heisman. I told you all... Did I say that two weeks ago? I think so, yeah. Yeah, uh, look at me. Uh, you know, Paul. Uh, light, light work. I knew C.J. Stroud wouldn't show up in the big time. That's why I picked Ohio State to beat Michigan. Okay. Um, yeah, Caleb Williams is really good. Yeah, he, uh, he was toying with a really, really good Notre Dame defense. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of awesome to watch. Um, he hit the Heisman pose like six times in this game. Uh, <laughs> it's awesome. Um, yeah. USC is a weird one. Uh, they're hard to predict because they have like an overwhelmingly like good turnover margin, which that's statistically not supposed to happen. So like in every model, you have the kind of account for that coming back to you know league towards league average but mm-hmm. they may just be it may just be who they are yeah right i mean i expected lincoln rally to, to get, turn it around quickly but not really this quickly i didn't expect them to be in the playoff didn't you pick first them in the year playoff? uh i mean i might have at the beginning of the year just because i mean it would be an easy team one to of us win picked at, texas and i know i picked BYU. Yeah, that was dumb. I, I even if I did pick USC, like I only picked it because they were a Pac-12 team. I didn't necessarily pick them because I thought they were going to be just miles and miles ahead of everybody you else. Probably but just picked them because Lincoln Riley exists. Probably so. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's crazy how quickly this has turned around because USC just hasn't really been relevant in the last. They won probably six games last year. Ten years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, top four as of right now. We'll move into this. Um, is Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC? Um, I have it written down here. I think Georgia and Michigan can survive a loss in their championship game. I think they've done enough and have a have a good enough resume. Like, I, I think they could. Either one of them could lose a, a close game. Maybe maybe not a blowout, but a close game and, and still make it into the playoff. TCU, I think the committee is looking for any chance they can to not put them in um and that that may not be the case it just kind of seemed like that like they were so hesitant to get them up into that top four and you know 12 and 0 and you kind of have to now. beat everyone in your conference because they yeah. play round robin so yeah um and then usc uh 
obviously they have to win a, a second loss to the same team you're you're going to be out um so usc and tcu i think are they they're must win games for them and that's how you should approach your conference championship game no matter what i guess but um georgia and michigan have a little bit of wiggle room um they're up at up at the top of the four so um we'll, we'll like we said we'll, we'll give the picks for these games in a little bit but um what do you think about that like what do you think this weekend's going to look like so so both of the the championship games that matter are i think two to three point spreads um mm-hmm. tcu had that stupid win against kansas state where like the quarterback got injured um they have no quarterback issues right now so i guess we'll see on that one you you'd have to think because i mean they have the strength schedule compared to like almost everyone just because the nature of the Big 12 and how that mm-hmm. ended up working. But the whole Big 12 could be bad. There's, there's, I mean, Tulane beat Kansas State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like they could, they could just not be good. But, I mean, TCU, you, you go 12 and 0, you beat everyone in your conference. You kind of would like to see them definitely be there, even with a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, but USC, they have to win. Um, if you take a second loss to Utah, yeah, that, that's I mean, pretty much it. I, I think there could even be a case for them if the team they were playing wasn't Utah. Like, mm-hmm. but it would just be the, the second loss to the same exact team. So, yeah, I I think USC it's a must win, and I think neutral side it it's a game that they should win. So, um, yeah, is that is that all we got on the playoff right now? Um, uh, except for the teams that would be replacing them. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Um, so, so right now we have a really nice looking playoff. Uh, you get Georgia. Um, they've been in there a while. You know, they're the dynasty. Um, Michigan, mm-hmm. second year in a row. TCU, that's a new entry. And 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 USC. Mm-hmm. And then five and six, you have Ohio State and Alabama. Woo-hoo. If if TCU and USC lose, we get a very not fun looking playoff. It would be Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Ohio State, because I assume they would do like the Big Ten versus SEC and then Big Ten versus SEC, because that yeah. would be kind of fun, at least. Yeah. But then that would just end with probably SEC, SEC, because Bama can flip a switch. Mm-hmm. So stupid. I hate um, it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate that, like... We're this far into this, and Bama still has like a somewhat decent chance of being in the playoff, um, and it's all thanks to LSU. So, thanks for that. Yeah, and I um, guess we'll talk more about future playoff stuff later. Cause that's down there. I'm just looking yeah. at it on the script. Yeah, we can talk about so, it. Then. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, obviously, we're exactly a week away or a week removed from the egg bowl so everybody knows exactly what happened we're not going to get into to super specific stats but i just want to talk about three big things uh, in this game um and i'll give them here tulu griffin zach arnett and the rain so um tulu his impact needs to be felt in every single game I, i think we he's the one person on this team that deserves to get the ball thrown his way you know upwards of five times a game, every single game, because anytime he touches it, he just something crazy happens. Um, 
he, he's just such a playmaker. And this is the, the one play I'm going to mention is not even a play where he was throwing the ball. So um, Will Rogers gets uh, a strip sack on him and the ball just goes, was that a strip sack or who's he like attempting to throw the ball? I think it was a strip sack. Away. A strip sack and, and it goes towards the sideline. Ole Miss has like one of the easier scoop and scores you'll see. I mean, he, it was just an Ole Miss player, the ball and 20 yards of green grass. And then all of a sudden, Tulu jumps into frame and comes bounding in and, and saves the ball, um, saves a turnover, saves a touchdown. and um, Then we get a just, good punt off of that, right? Yeah, and they don't, they don't score because of this, like because of Tulu. They don't, they don't end up scoring off of this. Um, so, yeah, it, it, just his hustle at all times, whether it's on kick return. Um, I, I mean, he, we've seen him on punt returns a little bit. Um, obviously, when he catches the ball and on offense, but this this right here just shows how valuable of a player he is. He also did catch a touchdown pass at the end of the first half. That I mean, that was one of the that was probably the biggest drive of the game. I thought he just mm-hmm. just seizing a little bit of momentum going into halftime, knowing that we were going to get the ball back uh, right at the half. I mean, that was that was huge there. And credit to Will Rogers on that drive, but Tulu is the one that capped it off. Um, so the next thing I want to bring up, Zach Garnett, who has kept us in every single game that he, or just about every single game that he's coached here at Mississippi State. Um, as a defensive coordinator, he, he is just one of the best. And for a while there, 2020 and maybe even early 2021, um, we had this trademark uh, break but don't bend kind of defense. Like big plays could gouge us, but you know nobody was going to pick us apart little by little. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of turned away from that it may not have seemed like it in the egg bowl because almost is really good at getting to the red zone mm-hmm. but then they're they're really really good in between the 20s yeah and then they get there and a combination of them being really bad in the red zone and us just standing our ground and and lane being really not good. giving it to Jetkins and zone. lane's terrible decision making not kicking field goals when you're in, inside the 20 yard line um as a nerd which, i think i have to agree with him sorry well as a nerd Three points is greater than a two-point deficit. Um, Sorry. I know. Nerd, I know. I, nerd stuff. It was, it was raining. It was raining. I know, Lane, I know. keep on making those decisions. For our sake, please keep, keep, please keep making those decisions. Um, yeah. I, I get the analytic part, but it's, it's easy to look back after games and be like, well, three points would have helped you there. Um, but yeah, Ole Miss, uh, they came in averaging 280 yards per game, not to mention a almost a 400-yard performance against Arkansas. That was just rushing week. yards. Rushing yards. Just not, not totally yards. Yeah, right, right. 700-yard performance, 400 of them rushing yards, by the way. Um, so, yeah, coming off of their biggest performance of the year, even though they got blown out, I mean, just a ton of yards for Judkins and Evans. Um, and they we held them to 78 yards. Now, Judkins had somewhere in the 90s, but um, – he never broke off any big runs. I don't. I'm not. I know we saw Zach Evans a, a time or two, but he had zero yards. Um, and I, I, I really just am curious to see or to know what what Zach Arnett saw that led to this kind of performance from our defense. I mean, we we've been a solid defense all year, probably. I mean, easily top half in the SEC, I'm assuming. But what on earth was was that? I, that was that, that was such an such a great game for our defense and Zach Arnett and 
from things that I've, I've seen in interviews from him, it doesn't seem like he, he wants to be anywhere else. I mean, this seems like it's it's his job until he just doesn't want it anymore. Man, until so, big boy school comes and calls. Like, yeah. Uh, he's. I don't think he'll be making a lateral move as a D coordinator. Because mm-hmm. um, here you have an offensive-minded head coach that wants nothing to do with your defense. Yeah. So, so you just you just kind of do it all. Um, yeah. Leach doesn't talk to your guys. You you just go do it. Um, yeah. So I mean, uh, you're not you're not getting that Saban interaction where he's just, he's the defensive coordinator. Yeah, <laughs> where he's and screams at the D coordinator when things don't go don't go correctly. I mean, Leach doesn't have screaming in him at all. So I mean, you don't have to worry about him. He'll take down chairs off. though, and then someone will put him right back up, right behind him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> football guy you know um but yeah I, the it, this seems like a perfect job for for zach arnett and you know if he if a team like alabama comes calling or lsu or anywhere really i mean i mean you could name your school that's better than mississippi state there's there's several of them i'm not gonna be upset for him i'm gonna be really really proud of him me and you even said you know if if Ole Miss makes some really weird decision and, and brings in zach arnett as their head coach Obviously, it'll be weird, but you're just gonna be happy for him, because mm-hmm. um, for the last three years, he has been the bright spot of our of our team. When there hasn't really been a bright spot, he's he's been he's been it, and this defense has been really good. So, um, got a lot of good news about our defense coming up in a little bit. But um, just to close out this egg ball talk, um, the rain was huge. I, I saw on Twitter that it started raining <clears throat> right during halftime. Uh, if not just a little bit before the half. Um, it was kind of a damp day the whole day, but it started raining pretty good at halftime. And I was kind of worried because I was like, obviously doesn't look like we're, we're changing our scheme uh, based on the weather. I know it's it's been it's been wet, wet all day and we're still trying to pass the ball. But as soon as it came out of the half and maybe a drive or two into the second half, it seemed like we were pretty much committing to the run. And um, that that seemed to be the trend that, that – led us to victory um woody and dylan they combined for 149 yards i think dylan also had a few catches for 50 yards uh, through the air so i mean a, a really big game for him but and they were the battling two, like it, none none of these yards were easy yeah i mean i don't i don't think there are too many just like breakaway runs to contribute to that i mean they were all they were all dylan, hard fall like dylan's one after the play yeah, yeah, like that—the one that he kind of definitely that, hit the, the one that scored. On. Yeah, and they got a makeup call. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I mean, but besides that one, I mean, it, which I think that was like a 30, 35 yard run. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay. Yeah. I mean that. Not too many like breakaway runs. Like I said, I mean they're all between five and ten yards probably, and um, you know, just, they just more than Jutkins. <laughs> more breakaway runs than Jutkins. So. Exactly. That's pretty good. Um, so definitely did not expect us to outrush Ole Miss in this game, and obviously that was the key. You know, uh, being able to establish the run in the second half was was huge um, because Will. I mean, it's no surprise, or I, it's not a surprise to anybody listening. Will did not have his his best game. He he threw a really really bad interception, just kind of a off his back foot throw that he never had a chance to be complete. Um, he almost fumbled on one scramble that he had, which he scrambled more in this game than he did his entire career. Or, it's a warrior. It's a warrior. And, and you know what else he did? What? 
he pulled it when we ran zone for like the first time ever. And I've been, I've been praying for him to do that. I've been like, you know, I just want to see it one time. Lord, I've seen what, Lord, I've seen what you've done for others. (laughs) I wanted to see what it would do for our run game. Uh, I will be taking a stand against uh, Will pulling it when we run zone for the foreseeable future after um, fumbles at the one-yard line. Yeah, it seemed like early in this game, Jackson Dart would take it when it was definitely not the right read, and Will Rogers has has never taken it, whether it was the right or the wrong read. Um, But now we know why Will is not comfortable running the ball. So in this game alone, uh, Will... Scrambled one time, got put flat on his butt, and as soon as he touched the ground, the ball came out. So obviously that was not a fumble. Um, he ran on a fourth down conversion and ran just straight out of bounds. <laughs> that was one of my low points of my life. What if he would have thrown it like KJ did? <laughs> I would have been happier. <laughs> Somehow. At that point, just just arm punt it, please. Um <laughs> I, I guarantee you Ole Miss's DBs are not smart enough to just bat that ball down. Just arm punt it. And, um, no, no, but like runs past the line of scrimmage. No, I know, I know, okay. I know. <laughs> I know. Let's make sure we're on any, the any, any of these options would have been better than It would have been I funny. Saw. Yeah. Um, so that, those, those couple things, and then there were two strip sacks. Um, <laughs> one, Tulu saved. The other, Tulu didn't save. Um, one pulled pulled it on the zone, and um, you know what? Um, this is where I want to. This is where I want to bring up ball. Don't lie. So if you're not familiar with ball, don't lie. It's when a bad call or or something goes against something one weird. team. Some... When something weird happens, a bad call or just just a weird play, you can bet your bottom dollar that unless you're Alabama, within the next five plays or I'll, I'll say five minutes something will happen for the other team to get revenge and it's it's not the referees it's some most of the sometimes it is the referees giving a makeup call sometimes it's a combination of a makeup call and just a just weird play. energy <laughs> but it is the universe returning the ball to its rightful owner and so and we're not going to give them a 99 yard drive we're, we're not going to ex- we're not going to go into the to the play that that resulted because i guess we can't but so it was a it was a sideways pass that was called incomplete that mingo when the lights get bright that (laughs) then for some reason because of an inadvertent whistle almost was going to get a second chance at first down which that should never have been the the call i don't think that there was even a whistle on the field like I don't really know. I mean, why would I never the guy heard... calling for backwards? Because that's the guy that they like pointed at. Him, like, oh look, he's going for his whistle. Like, why would he blow a whistle when he called it back? I think they messed up the call on the field by saying inadvertent whistle. Because I'm not, I don't know if there was one. It just seemed yeah. weird. Like, I there's also no way to explain what clear and immediate recovery is. It's um, based on I was... vibes. I was trying to explain it to my family, and then I realized that there's no way to explain that to anybody. Oh, you're um, like, did he recover it clear and immediately? Hey, Jet Johnson was rewarded with a fumble recovery for being a nice guy and picking up the football and returning it to Is the that referee. Is second fumble recovery of the day? 
the day. No, we only had one turnover. Okay. Um, but yeah, in that play, it is the right call, I guess, because of the clear and immediate recovery being like super vague. But Ole Miss has every right to say it was a bad call because their players were punished for not picking up a ball that they assumed was dead. Um, so yeah, I mean, anyway, we get the ball. Um, Dylan Johnson definitely touches the pylon with the football and it's called down. And and then they put it on like the full one yard line. Yeah. That was the worst (laughs) part about this. Nobody, like my family was like, what are you talking about? Like it should be on the half inch line. It should be on the inch yard line, please. Um, so yeah, we didn't talk about that, but I'm glad we both agree. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But anyway, um, you know the rest of the story. Uh, Will fumbles the ball on a on a zone read, and I, I saw it happening. I, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt Ole Miss was going to pick this up and have a 100-yard scoop and score and be back in the game. But thankfully, um, their player didn't wait for the ball to travel into the end zone. They didn't he wait for let, Tulu to go run at it. <laughs> he he, get, he gets down at the one. I'm thinking, you know, a safety and we're out of here. But no. A 99-yard drive with two miraculous fourth-down conversions, um, one a, the one good pass of the day and one great catch of the day. By with the holding loader. in the end zone uh, mixed in here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we didn't talk about that one either. Not going to forget about that one. <laughs> um, yeah, so... One good throw by Dart, one good catch by number 11. I don't know what his last name is. And then a, a, a good little... Is that the Western Kentucky kid? Yeah, it is. And then, and then an outside run by Judkins. Uh, probably might have been his biggest run of the day. Should have been doing fourth, that more. Fourth down conversion. Um, all led up to a wide open touchdown for them in the end. And then um, Randy Charlton... Uh, wait, 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 wait. So this whole time, Lane has three timeouts. And they're managing the clock so well that they don't have to use any of them. You know, mm-hmm. they, they've driven down the field. Because they're massive tempo, like, just and, crazy and, tempo. And, and they've got it down pretty well. Okay, so it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a minute and 25 seconds left. Mm-hmm. Lane has three timeouts. Down two. If you don't get it, you have three timeouts. You can still get it. And this whole drive, you have known that you need eight points. Yeah, it's so, not a surprise. So, so you know, like, offensive mastermind, um, know that there's there's a two-point play. And, you know, got to think on it, got to think on it. Okay, we, we get to that time. It's, it's that time of the game. They, they go out there. I, I thought it was a pretty good look. Um, calls the first time out. I'm like, okay, cool. Don't know why you did that. Seems kind of weird. And then, then there was like a long commercial for some reason. And then they come back out again. He calls another timeout. At this point, I'm like, what is happening? Like they have something exotic called for this. And, and then they come out again. And they, they do the thing that only works for, for Kansas City. Because it only takes one player noticing what what's happening to mess up this play um mm-hmm. the, the the play can fool 10 people it's got a full 11 um and and randy charlton was 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 number 11 and he was not fooled played it perfectly uh swatted it down um, mingo didn't get his his moment 
he probably would have dropped it. Um, <laughs> I mean, the if we're being journey. honest, that would have been funnier. <laughs> yeah. The Vegi didn't even think about that. <laughs> I, I, I think the funniest thing would have been Jalen Green lighting him up for the third time. And the you, know what's, you know what's the worst part about that play call? Is what? That, that, that play call, you do that on like second and goal, first and goal. Because, you know, if it gets knocked down, that's a, that's a forward pass. You just go <laughs> on to the next down. It's, it's, it's nothing. You, you, just, mm-hmm. you just toss it in there. No, this, it's a two-point conversion. This is the game. <laughs> the entire um, game. You have Judkins. <laughs> yeah, and and Randy Charlton. Um, yeah, it, I know in plays like that, it's it's it is kind of confusing to remember. Like, is that a pass? Is that a lateral? Whatever. Um, Randy Charlton picks up the ball, and then when he realizes mm-hmm. like it's dead ball, he just goes twenty yards and slides like it's a baseball game, which just added to a lot to the scenario. Um, I thought so. Randy Charlton, just solidifying his name in some Egg Bowl lore there. Um, and I, th- I think it's his first Egg Bowl, right? Uh, second. I mean, Blade second, Blade. okay. I mean, maybe third. Maybe so. I'm not sure how long this has been here. may be timeless. <laughs> this may have been his fifth Egg Bowl. Um, Speaking of fifth anyway. Egg Bowls, Austin William had like his seventh. Mm-hmm. And he didn't screw this one up. So two year two year streak of no accidents for him, um, in the egg bowl, not not in overreliable, overreliable. All right, so the egg bowl happening a week ago, you may be like, ah, not much has happened in a week. You may not be like that, and if you're not like that, you're absolutely right, because a lot has happened in the last week. Um, man, this is this is the longest segment we've ever had on this show. Is the, what has happened here. in the last week, and it's and it's not all about football. It's not all about Ole Miss and Mississippi State. It there's a there's a lot of there's big things. All right, so after this game, Ole Miss turned on Lane Kiffin. Auburn turned on Lane Kiffin. Everybody started realizing, like, wait a minute, Mike Leach has beat this many ranked teams in his three years here, and. Lane and doesn't play one. with other teams and try to like. And does like, he might have posted a noose on Twitter one time, but at least he doesn't like. That was less distracting spin. than Lane in the past three days. Yeah, at least he doesn't spend his team's biggest week of preparation of the whole year, just calling out local TV reporters for reporting what I can only assume was true facts at the time. Um, but uh, yeah, so Lane Kiffin. Like everybody was turning on him, he was, he seemed like really really sour in his post game press conference. Like still calling out said TV reporter, um, like he he just wouldn't let it go. And he, at that point, he finally said he plans to be Ole Miss's head coach the next year. Which those words mean nothing until something is signed. Um, but then Saturday afternoon is when we heard the news, and I'll let you take it away from here because you've kept up with this way more than yeah. I yeah. Um. So so the whole time. Um, there, there's a law in Mississippi, uh, you know, most corrupt um, government, uh, um, that you can only have four-year deals as mm-hmm. as a public employee, and and that is supposed to curb, um, well, like corruption. Um, I guess it's a good law. I guess doesn't seem to do much, but but then the report comes out, and and initially it's I think it said eight-year. And it was some amount, uh, nine million or something. And I was like, 
Huh? Like, that's not allowed. That's that's not how that works. And then, then little by little, more comes out about it, and it's uh, four years. And then they have their private. I, I forgot the verbiage for what it is. Um, backing the two two extra years on top of it, and then there's two years of rollover language, which. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's sketchy. Um, seems financially irresponsible for Ole Miss. Um, you notice I, you notice A and M can't fire their coach, right? Yep. Like <laughs> I I don't I don't know how you can watch what I saw on Thursday night last week and say, yeah, what Ole Miss did tonight was worth. Nine million dollars a year for, in for one year, much less for eight. I I can't look at what Mike Leach drew up and say that's worth five million a year. Like I, you can't convince me of that. Um, I'm I would take Lane Kiffin over Mike Leach. Seven days out of seven, I really would. I I, maybe, I, I may be down the six days out of seven. Yeah, the one day I would take Mike Leach over Lane Kiffin is when. Last last Thursday, um, and just all of Egg Bowl week. Um, I, I I think Lane's a good coach. I think he's talented. Whatever, but maybe overrated. He it's starting to seem that way. And nine million dollars a year. Nine million is a lot. Whether he's overrated or not, he's definitely overpaid now. So um, we'll see what 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 the future holds for Ole Miss. It was a hilarious twenty four hours. That was a very fun night. Um, yeah, all the Ole Miss fans being like, "I hope Auburn will still take them," and yeah, <laughs> and Auburn won't. <laughs> That's what it appeared to be. Um, oh, I guess we'll get into that one now. And, it, and if you thought that Auburn was gonna roll over and not be part of this fiasco, just because they weren't getting Lane Kiffin, oh boy, they hired someone worse. <laughs> um, Hugh Freeze they, they, is back, everyone. Um, all women across a, the world. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> they did a background check and then said you know what in this background check I found out he beat Nick Saban twice in a row so if you're hired I would be okay I'm angry at this hire because of one thing and this may come off a little weird um, if you're gonna hire Hugh Freeze don't tell me how godly he is Just, just tell me he beat Bama that's the reason they hired him. Like, like I don't, don't, don't show me the sketchiest coach with like the mo. Like, nope, no, don't, 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 don't tell me. That. Also, he acts like Liberty was like purgatory for where he was. He's like, I've served my time at <laughs> at a Christian university. <laughs> I I did like the the, the backhanded uh, whatever it was that old mess. Ole Miss. Yeah. He's like, I, I think I've definitely leapfrogged from where I was before. You have. <laughs> You're here. And yeah, um, I can't wait to see how this explodes. Um, correct they're saving me if I'm grace. Wrong. Um, did Hugh Freeze beat uh, Nick Saban in the two years that they were egregiously cheating? Uh, I know they had Kendichi brothers on their team. So, so 14, yeah. yes. I'm not sure about 15. Um, 
Hugh, everyone, everyone can pay players now. Um, not sure if they can do the other things. Um, yeah, there may be nil for that. I don't know. Um, oh, Auburn's saving grace right now is that um, Cadillac Williams is staying on staff as the associate head coach and running backs coach. They forced um, him to. Caddy can't be happy. He seems like a nice guy. He wouldn't like you. Did yeah. you see the so picture it, of them um, meeting? In the locker room, no. um, was it weird? I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna search for that real quick, and then I'm gonna send it to you. And I want you to look at his pants. Hughes pants? No, Cadillacs. Okay. Um, this is good podcast. It's it's very, it's it's a little weird. Um, I don't know what to think about this. Brandon Walker pointed this one out. Um, is it coming on Snapchat? Yes, I just yeah. sent it to you. Um, just just look at his pants. <laughs> it's sweatpants with a belt. <laughs> it, there, there are drawstrings. Um, there's a few theories on this one. Either those are comfy, um, you know, like sweatpants uh, that happen to have belt loops that you're not supposed to use, or the other option is he's wearing sweatpants under his suit pants. No, he's wearing shorts under there. He was sitting in the office with shorts and a t-shirt on, and. Hugh was like, whoop, we got to take a picture for, for Twitter. And then he just threw on, like, the closest pair of pants <laughs> and the closest shirt. And, and that's how go. this picture was made, which is, yeah. is my favorite option here. But it's it's a little interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Podcasting. <laughs> that's funny. hope everyone follows along with us on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so... Hugh Freeze, I I never thought that he would be back in the SEC, um, but you know what? This is circus out here. So, also saw that um, he was planning on donating half of his salary to charity, um, but only if she's working that night. He might have to give it to Destiny. So, um, all right, next coach in this whole fiasco. Not in this fiasco, but in. This I guess he's good. Loose, this was, this loosely, was good. He was loosely tied to Auburn. Um, and Ole Miss. <laughs> and Ole Miss, yes. But Dion has cleared his name from either of these two dumpster fires. Um, and he is going to one of three places. Colorado, South Florida, or Cincinnati. That's a, that's a new development, I guess. I, I guess or um, Jackson State, maybe. I yeah, guess. Yeah. I mean, he, he does have sons that play there. So... Um, but yeah, I congrat. I mean, good for Dion. I'm, I'm super excited to see where he goes. Um, Cincinnati would be would be wild um, because Luke Fickle just went to Wisconsin, which is awesome. Uh, I love that. That's not even on the list. Oh, Luke Fickle to there. Oh, yeah. Sick. Also, Trent Dilfer to UAB and so, um, Tom Herman to uh, FAU, which is ooh. really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, Trent Dilfer has uh, coached three years at a high school level, and now he's coaching Power Five. So not not, not Power Five, Group Dumb. Five. I'm an idiot. Um, I'm sure there'll be Power Five at some point because conferences are stupid. Um, but yeah, so Dion, wherever he goes, they're going to be successful in the next. Out of three those years. three, which one would you prefer him to go to? Uh, Colorado. I- I want to see him ride his bike next to Ralphie. Yeah. 
That would be pretty sick. Um, yeah, I, and I just wanted to be Power Five. Like that's that's the main reason I picked Colorado. I don't know um, how he could take USF. No, I don't. I think that would be the the least of the options. All right, so now we're getting into the really important stuff. Um, Emmanuel Forbes he announced today uh, on Thursday that he is going to forego his his final year of eligibility and. Um, He's going to go into the NFL draft. So we, we've seen our last of Emmanuel Forbes, assuming he doesn't play in the bowl game, which he could. I mean, he may be really hungry for another pick six to claim the record as his own. But, um, yeah, uh, another big thing of him in this um, – oh, what am I saying? Oh, yeah, in this, yeah. this past week. I, I'm getting there, man. Um, some big news for Emmanuel Forbes, not listed as a finalist for the Thorpe Award for the best defensive back in the nation. An absolute robbery. Um, just ridiculous. And it's not because the other three guys aren't good. It's not because they don't play competition. It's a guy from they, Utah, TCU, and... Illinois, I believe. Il- Illinois. Like, they play as... This Maybe as better. good competition, <laughs> possibly better. I mean, better receivers, I think. Um, and Emmanuel Forbes just trumps their numbers. I mean, yeah. has six interceptions, three pick sixes, like fifteen passes defended, six yards after catch on the whole year. Like, just ridiculous numbers. And I mean, he's just one of the better, or probably the best cornerback in the country. Um, definitely deserved to be a finalist. I think he deserved to win it. Um, and he's been gotten a lot, a lot of support from around the SEC this this year, uh, just in the past week. Um, so it's been cool to see that that people really did notice it. But the Thorpe uh, Foundation or whatever did not did not include him as a finalist. So that kind of sucks. But um, you know, it's it's going to be a chip on his shoulder as he enters the NFL, and I'm sure he'll he'll be on the uh, on another list of cornerbacks from Mississippi State that are very successful at the next level. So how many interception return yards do you think he had on his career? Do you know the answer? Yes. Um he had I'm fourteen say, interceptions in his career. Uh four hundred and fifty? Three hundred and ninety. Wow. And like ninety of that was that Tulsa one. Austin um, Williams had 269 receiving yards this year. Um. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, just an all-time robbery there. I know uh, Martin Emerson recently has, has kind of been discovered as he's so good one of the best corners in, in the NFL. Um, and he's – is he a rookie this year? Yeah. Okay, rookie this year. So Sauce Gardner um, is kind of an issue, though. Um, he's really, really good, so it's taken a little bit of the shine away. Yeah. I think this this past game against Mike Evans and Tom Brady has been like just just enough to put the country just like put a, put them on uh, Martin Emerson. So um, having those two on the same team for the past couple of years has been insane. And Martin Emerson didn't really get any national attention either. Um, so Emmanuel Forbes has gotten a little bit more than he did just because of the pick sixes and things like that. But um, just an all-time robbery, and I'm not going to get over it for a while. Yeah. Um, so next thing on the list, <laughs> Tula Griffin, head of recruitment um, on Twitter. Any player 
I guess in Power Five, but I mean there have been some like Dude, group, group of five FC. I saw I saw some like FCS schools. Like anybody who puts their name in the transfer portal, Tulu Griffin <laughs> is like <laughs> is like aroused, Jack. certifiably aroused. Jack, um, you know how we like looked through his tweets earlier. Yeah. There's three more since we started recording. Oh gosh, can you just read a few? Um. Yeah, um, Andre Thomas Jr., um, I think is uh, in the transfer portal from Southern Arkansas University. Mm-hmm. Tulu tweets, Hey, I want to race him at practice. Maroon, white, dogs on top soon. Um, <laughs> um, some, some A&M player goes he says talk to me and then uh, there's another one yes sir i need him um with the (laughs) with the face that yeah Uh, Yeah. tulu is just (laughs) is aroused i I am am by the players in the transfer portal that's all i can say I, i i'm gonna read this one um I want to play with DeWan Black. I need him here. <laughs> I love Tulu. <laughs> I love him. Uh, he's going to be the best slot receiver in Mississippi State history. He's going to be so. our Cadillac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's never leaving. Uh, he's not even going to think about the NFL. He's just going to go straight into recruit recruitment. So, um, I... I, I I kind of thought at the end of this year, I don't know why this crossed my mind, but I was like, hey, if I'm Tulu, I'm looking to be in the transfer portal because, like, I don't think his talent is even, like, I don't think we're even scratching the surface on what we could get out of him. I mean, we put him on kick return. I think we could put him on punt return and get him the ball, like, a lot more times a game. Um, I was thinking he might could go somewhere where that could happen. I don't think he's he's ever leaving. So, Yeah. Tulu, head of recruitment on Twitter. It's been really, really fun to see. The next thing I want to talk about from Twitter is the run it back tweets. We go and run it back tweets. We got one from Bookie Watson, Nathan Pickering, Jordan Davis. Um, we got one from Crumity, from Cam Jones. I haven't seen one from Jet Johnson, but I've seen a lot of I'm talk. I'm not sure like, if he has Twitter. I don't. I don't know. He he doesn't really seem like a social media guy. He just. Or first one in, last one out. He, he doesn't have time for that mess. A uh, real um, uh, lunch pail type of guy. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't yeah. had one so, of those moments for a while. Yeah, right. Um, so our defense, like pieces, are coming back like crazy. We like we said, we did we did lose Emmanuel Forbes um, with his not gonna run it back tweet earlier. Um, but yeah, so. Sorry, oh. sorry, I'm uh, sorry, I'm updating. Part yeah, of I'm thing. reading. Um, uh, yeah, I think you might be. I, I, I believe I'm right. Uh, Theo made an oopsie in his tweet, so you okay. can continue reading. Gotcha. All right. So, but yeah, defensive line is is coming back together. Um, Jalen Green as a safety is is out of eligibility. LaQuinston Sharp on the offensive line and uh, Caleb Ducking. I think they're all out of, out of eligibility. Um, Waiting to hear from Dollar Bill, Cole Smith, Jackie Matthews, and Colin Duncan. Um, so, our secondary and our offensive line could be like pretty much 
the same except for Forbes. Um, so yeah, the transfer portal will be huge. Uh, Tulu's efforts will be. I mean, we're very grateful for those because we'll need some. Um, I mean, there's there's not a spot on the field where I say like we can't get better. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can maybe running make, back. I kind of love him. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean we're we're deep at receiver, but I'm not ever going to turn down you know I would like a transfer portal wide receiver. Yeah, uh, Rara had a chance to become that guy this year, but you know he led the team in yards. But there's a, there's a lot of touches to go around. So um, really really excited to see uh, the ones we know are gone are Tyrus Wheat, Cam Young, and as we've said Forbes. They're all um, and maybe ducking. Yeah, so uh, I know Cam Young and Tyre Sweet have both accepted uh, Senior Bowl or Shrine Bowl invitations. Um, so excited to see what, what happens with them, but uh, even more excited to see what all we're going to have back next year because it seems like we're going to be the most experienced team in the SEC. I think all of our kickers and punters are gone. Well, all of them. This was like their first year here anyway. So Yeah, but Viscardi ended up being kind of good. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, five-star kickers just kind of grow on trees. so Just go grab another one. Pretty I'm sure, sure we Jace, have one in Starkville right now. I'm sure Jace, sure Jace Chrisman like, is kicking around somewhere. I'm, I'm sure he has some eligibility somewhere. I actually know he doesn't. Um, yeah, so all of this, I, I, I have to believe, um, is pointing to the fact that our NIL is, is just popping off what what is ours called um like bulldog the, foundation something like that i think yeah uh, BI, the bulldog bulldog initiative bulldog initiative yeah that's what it is um charlie winfield uh, who's one of the uh, announcers and uh for baseball and, and maybe sometimes football um he's he's one of the big ones heading that up on twitter and getting a lot of donations but uh right before john cohen left he kind of bashed our our nil program for not really doing much and since then it has i don't even know what it's like exponentially grown like and like kind of kind of hilariously um i i know the um the at the auburn and georgia games which are the uh two of the three home games that we had after cohen left uh, we had a tracker on the scoreboard that said um, NIL money gained since uh, 12 p.m. Saturday, this day, like the exact time that John Cohen left. Um, and it was just an ever-going-up ticker on the scoreboard. So that was petty, and I loved every second of it. Um, so also, a theory that I have is that all these players, defense especially, um, wouldn't be coming back and wouldn't be signing up to play another year of college football when they could try their chance at the NFL if our coaching staff wasn't staying together. I think Zach Arnett has in some way probably guaranteed that he's going to be back next year. Um, these guys seem to love him, and, and the pressure that he that he you know sends with all these guys on our D-line, linebackers, corner blitzes, and whatever, they, they just love this defense apparently. And uh, I'm super, super glad that um, – or I, I hope that's the case – um, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I think it's it's kind of a unique chance to get to play for Mike Leach, and um, I think that's going to be a big thing in the transfer portal as well. Kind of has been receivers wise for the past couple of years, um, and if we can just 
improve that offensive line. I mean, we're already going to be experienced, but like we said, there's not a position on the field that we don't think we can get better at. So get some tackles in the offensive line, and let's let's have a fun year next year. Yeah. Um, it's a very favorable schedule. Um, if you if you want to pull up the schedule, we can kind of talk about that. Um, before we, I move. think we have a question later. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um. All right. So, the last thing about college football, I think, probably not. Um. Probably not the last thing. But the NCAA did announce a 12-team playoff will be coming in 2024. So, um, I know we just talked about having an experienced team and a favorable schedule next year with eight home games. Um. And the year after that will be when a 12-team playoff starts. So. <laughs> Um, Obviously, we will, we will, no doubt, finish uh, somewhere between five and twelve next year, and be really, really upset that we didn't do it a year later. But um, man, the Sugar Bowl is going to be dope, though. Yeah, I will see y'all in New Orleans. Um, but yeah, what do you think about that, Hunter? Obviously, we think it's a good thing, right? Um, I'm I'm a little wary on it. Um, Are you? Okay. Like, 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 I really, I really like the idea of the postseason being better, like, and it, and it will be by like way more. Mm-hmm. But for this to not take away from the regular season, which is like, like you know, like that Michigan Ohio State game, like mm-hmm. it was all the tension in the world, like they they couldn't lose it, um, yeah. either way. Um, Clemson uh, losing to South Carolina. Like that's that's massive at that point. Um, yeah. And it's I don't want to lose games like that, like from those big, big teams. I, I don't want to lose like them having to claw for their their spot. But yeah. also, this adds so many more in like that second tier of team. Mm-hmm. Like that Florida State Florida game would have been. Uh, probably more important. I mean, Florida State looks really, really good right now. And, like, that game could have been something like, okay, go do this with style points and you could be up there. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of weird. Um, the, cha- the the conference championships are going to matter a whole lot more, which is great because this year only two of them matter. Um, and it's, like, the actual conference championship games, right? Like, not, like, yeah. regular season champions. Yeah, it's the, it's the games. Um, everyone's okay. going to get rid of divisions, so mm-hmm. that'll probably be pretty good. Um, just just kind of worried about the massive games that, instead of being for, are you going to compete for a national championship or not, are, oh, will you be a 12 seed or a top 2 seed? Yeah. Well, I, I think what is the most redeeming quality about it all is that we're going to get uh they're not going to be neutral site the playoff games aren't going to be neutral site until probably the top four is that how it works uh, no the, the first six? round is all and then i'm not sure yeah yeah okay. the first round is i just thought the top four and then the four, the... the four the semifinal games are um like your typical access bowls okay gotcha that kind of sucks that the top four teams won't get to host games then right? yeah everything should just be like college baseball yeah the college baseball we, we determine is the best of both worlds when it comes to postseason because you get the the on-campus games and series and then you get to go top eight top eight goes to omaha but yeah um so teams i guess five through 12 um will play on campus at the higher seed 
at the higher seed stadium. So, I mean, this opens up an opportunity for, like a, a slight opportunity for us to host a playoff, like a college football playoff game in Starkville, which would be absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it, I can't imagine it, that. <laughs> I mean, it would easily become the most important, the biggest game that's ever happened in Starkville. And I mean, it could happen if the, if the years, if the schedules and, you know, years of veterans, whatever, if it, if it all lines up, I mean, we could, we could do that. That's, that's kind of realistic. Yeah. And that's, um, and building, and up that's never been realistic two, before building up for a 10 and two season is kind of what we've said is what Mississippi state should do. Like you go, you're eight and four, you're eight and four, you get a good team of uh, veteran players, uh, fill in holes with the transfer portal, and then you make mm-hmm. your jump. Um, when you yeah. have a favorable schedule or, you know, it doesn't even matter about the schedule at that point. And mm-hmm. with it coming up where we're not having divisions, if we get a good draw in certain years, like if, if we're not playing uh, Alabama and Georgia in the same same year, every year, mm-hmm. I mean, every other year at that point, we have a shot. We have a shot that there's two losses that were on our schedule the, the year before that aren't going to be there. If, if both of those teams continue to be the top five teams in the country. Yeah, I think the, just... the winners the winners of uh, the divisions being gone are everybody in the SEC West, mm-hmm. not, not named Alabama, and the Tennessee Volunteers. I believe LSU has won uh, this. Wait, what? I think LSU has won the conferences, not, I mean, the divisions not being anything, because I don't yeah. think they're going to be on Alabama's list. No, no, no. Um, so yeah, I, I'm super excited about it. I'm almost at, just as excited to see what the video game is like in two years, you know, because it it'll be coming out the summer before the first season where we have a 12 team playoff. Oh my god! So, um, will will the first season that you play on there have 12 teams? Will it have four teams? Will you get to choose? Can it's you be do ridiculous. 64? <laughs> Can you just not have a regular season and just be one and done? Um, Can you have a 132-team bracket? Jeez. Ridiculous. All right, so uh, moving away from college football for a few seconds here. Uh, our basketball team is ridiculous. I'm not going to say ridiculously good. We're just ridiculous. We're 7-0. and um, Don't remember the last time that happened. It was probably not that long ago, but it seems like it's been a very long time. Um, we're seven and zero. We've not allowed more than fifty-five points in a game. Um, so let that sink in. <laughs> That's silly. Um, we beat Marquette, who has since destroyed number six Baylor, who has a national championship in the last two years. Um, do not ask me about our offense. Do not. We shot twenty percent against Utah, who, funny enough, tonight beat Arizona um, by like a lot and Arizona is a good basketball team. Um, so we're beating the teams that are beating the teams, but does that make us the team? We are, we're going to look at this year and we are going to be the trans transitive win, like team of the year. It's just going to mm-hmm. be like, wow, they have a transitive win over Kansas somehow. <laughs> <laughs> our, our season, um, for the sec, at least our, our, Floor is one in seventeen, and our ceiling is seventeen and one because we are not beating Ole Miss twice, <laughs> and we're not losing to Ole Miss twice. 
we will win in Starkville, and we will lose in Oxford unless Chris Jans finds the secret of how to play with a Nike basketball. Have we have we um, talked about the team uh, entering through the student section yet? I don't I don't think so. Is that still We're, a thing? I I don't know why they would stop. All indications are is yes. Um, that's cool. <laughs> I wish they would make the away team do it. Make the away team walk through like the old people crowd. <laughs> That'd be pretty. Make them walk through the band. Let Brooks shoot a half court shot at every game. Um. Anyway, I'm not going to talk too much about the basketball because we we weren't riding with them when they weren't good and. They still might not be good. I really have no idea. Don't ask um, about our offense. Don't ask about our offense. If When we make it to the tournament, we'll talk about them again. Um, We're built for tournament play. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one, one last thing that's not college football related. Uh, U.S. men's national team advances to the round of 16. All right. So, now we've got uh, looking ahead to the Gator Bowl, which is... Um, all signs are pointing to that being where we're going think, for the I guess. Um, fourth I time in 10 years. Ridiculous. Is it really? Um, I think so. I, I know we played Michigan, we played Northwestern, we played Louisville, and now we're headed back. Wow. That's mm-hmm. goofy. We, we beat Michigan and Louisville, lost to Northwestern. Um, so. Things that could be fun. Um, the Gator Bowl could just pick Notre Dame. Um, mm-hmm. if um, the formerly uh, Bloom and Onion Bowl um, doesn't pick them, which apparently mm-hmm. they have the right to do, which I hate that. So we'll, we'll probably be playing against, like, I don't even know. Would it be like Illinois? Right, I think that's what I saw. I don't <laughs> want the Belima. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that more when, when it's official. I mean, right now we're pretty much locked into a Florida Bowl um, that's not the Citrus Bowl. So it's either the former Outback Bowl or the Gator Bowl. Um, those are those are our options. And if it's something else, then it'll be Music City or Texas. Um, but yeah, so I just want to update everybody. Uh, the pick'em for the year is over. We are going to pick 10 games today, but the pick'em for the year is over. I finished the year 90 and 45. And Hunter finished 86 and 49, two really good records, all things considered. But Hunter does lose, and he has already purchased his Goodest Boy in the Sip t shirt, which he will be um, posting a picture with on his we, real can, Instagram. Can we get a picture together for this? I've never just posted a picture of myself. Sure. It has to be at a gas station, though. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you have a pair so of yeah, this <laughs> You have to. Your pants have to sag a little bit, right? God. <laughs> all right um hunter I'm, I'm really excited to see that um <laughs> i don't know this shirt this is gonna the, do for me this shirt is gonna age a little bit better than i thought it would i really thought that he was gonna do this after state won the a bowl and lane is at auburn but only one of those things happened um but um yeah so i won the pick them i get to to soak that in and and see hunter embarrass himself on instagram um, little shout out from private. last week. Yeah, little shout out from last week though. Brooks Taylor, uh, Drew Robinson, and Courtney Taylor all tie at eight and seven because we did fifteen games last week. I also finished eight and seven, so I'm up there with them. And Hunter, you finished six and nine, even after two 
changes to your pick'em. Nice. Um, um, I think I think you would have been six and nine either way. Yeah. Um, but I um, need you to um, choose the tiebreaker of Brooks, Drew, and Courtney. Hmm. Days being having the last name Taylor. Dang, Drew. <laughs> In Man. reverse order. <laughs> Man. Brooks got him. Okay. Um, all right. So I put no thought into any of these except for the ones that matter. We're gonna rapid fire these. Um, I'm not even writing these down. Nope. There's no point. So these are our ten uh, conference championship games. We have five of the group of five and the five power five teams. Uh, actually, um, like, oh wait, did, oh yeah, you only did get the championship games. Look at you. you I didn't want to do Buffalo and Akron or so. New Mexico State and like. Valparaiso. <laughs> I actually put them on here, and I was like, "Those aren't champion." Joe Moorhead's not in a championship game. Um, so, literally, I know we say this a lot, but literally, rapid fire here. Number game number one: North Texas at UTSA. Meep meep. UTSA. Uh, game number two: Number eleven: Utah uh, versus USC in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, Lincoln. All right, USC. All right, game number three: We've got number ten: Kansas State versus TCU. Lickety lickety zoo zoo hoo wah wah hoo. I'm going uh, Kansas State. Uh, game number four, Toledo at Ohio. I'm going Toledo. Uh, go go Rockets. And it's in Detroit, by the way, because oh, wow. uh, that's going to make a difference. Um, game number five, we've got a rematch. Number twenty-two, UCF at number eighteen, Tulane. Uh, roll Tide. I'm going UCF. Um, Number, game number six, we got Coastal Carolina at Troy because JMU got screwed. Yeah, we have to protect you by not letting you get in the postseason. Um, for that, give me Troy. Give me Troy. All right, game number seven, we got number 14, Georgia. LSU. Number one, Georgia. Georgia. Game number eight, we got Fresno State at Boise State. Uh, Jake Hainer's last Boise. ride. Give me Boise State. All right, game number nine, Purdue at number two, Michigan. In, oh, wait, this doesn't matter. Purdue. Go in Michigan. Boiler up. Uh, game, game number 10. Number 9, Clemson versus UNC. Gene Chizik co- coaches for one team, Clemson. The, these two teams um, are not very good. I'm going to go Clemson. Um, all right, so we've rapid-fired those. And now let's rapid-fire a couple Instagram questions and get out of here. Okay, pull so those longest... Up. Longest episode on record, and uh, I, I, actually, I actually recorded a uh, like two hour episode Shut up. <laughs> with no hour longest you. episode. <laughs> All right, two questions here from Brooks Taylor, and we will get out of here. Our actual our winner from last week in the pick'em, um, undoubtedly. Um, so Brooks Taylor says, "Look ahead to next year's schedule yet?" Yes, we have. So. Um, Eight home games for the first time, maybe Possibly ever. ever. Uh, I really don't know the answer to that. Um, but our non-conference is southeastern Louisiana, western Michigan, Arizona, and southern um, Miss. Southern Miss, all home games there. Um, a really favorable SEC home slate. We have LSU, um, Alabama, and Ole Miss, and then we're at South. And Kentucky at home, at South Carolina, at Auburn, at Arkansas, at A&M. Um, 
it's it's very favorable, and with the veteran leadership we have coming back on both sides from that that we know of now, um, it's it's really looking like like nine wins is is not going to be the the hardest thing in the world. I mean, we could be looking at like a like a ten win season if things fall the right way. Um, another year, another eight and four, but ten and two is a real possibility. <laughs> yeah, I mean eight and four is going to happen, but ten and two could. Um, so. We we're really excited looking ahead at the schedule. Eight home games just seems illegal. But anyway, um, and then Brooks Taylor, another question. Bowl predictions and opponent, as we've mentioned, it's not really official yet, um, but it's looking like we're going to stay in Florida, probably at our good friend, the Gator Bowl in Jacksonville. Yeah. Good? Yeah. All right. So that's going to do it for this episode. It was a long one. It was a weird one, but it was a weird week in college football. And it's only going to get weirder from here as the transfer portal heats up, as coaching searches probably uh, are going to heat up as well. And um, Hunter even mentioned a rumor the other day that an unexpected SEC coach will be retiring in the next few days. So whether that's mega fatty Sam Pittman or um, <laughs> or Nick Saban or Mike Leach or Mark Stoops, whoever it is, um, we're super excited to see where that goes or if it was just another bullcrap rumor on a message board. But yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back next time on Going for Two with Jack Taylor. Thanks. I dropped a mega fatty. <laughs> Sam Pittman wears three shirts. Gets abused on Going for Two. Dude, what if he blocks us? I hope he does. Rat poison. Is this our first time to do like a like postseason episode of Going for Two in any I think sport? So. We usually just stop. <laughs> are, we, are we keeping on doing this? Yeah, if Luke doesn't blacklist us on Spotify, um, Luke, more like more like listens to Fallout podcasts. More like poop. <laughs> <laughs>